Welcome to True Story, a podcast powered by the Institute of Documentary Film in Prague. I'm Ivona Remundová. Hello, Balint. Hello there. We met today to talk about your new project, Kicks, the story of the street kid. What is this story about? Well, it's a coming-of-age story, a slightly unorthodox coming-of-age story of a boy who had been followed for like the last 10 years, growing up from 8 to 18, or actually by the time we finish the film, it's, he's going to be probably 20. And uh, basically, it's about a special relationship between this boy and the guy who st- originally started the project, um, David Mikulan. In, who, who sort of met Shani on, on the streets of Budapest um, in 2011 and they became really good friends and this whole film started off as a more like a collaborative art practice at the at the time. Shani is the main main character in the film and um, who became a close friend to me too um, since 2018 uh, when I joined the project and then teamed up with David to turn this story into a feature documentary. Balint Reves is a young director and producer who focuses his lens on the frontier between documentary and fiction. He graduated from the University of Brighton after receiving awards and filmic support from South Korea and Japan in 2012. His first feature-length documentary film, Granny Project, received the Mediar Prize at Doc Leipzig and the Next Generation Award in Taiwan IDFF and showed successfully at other major festivals internationally. Currently, together with David Miklan, he's in the process of making the film Kicks, the story of the street kid. The project was developed via ex Oriente Film and pitched at the East Doc platform in 2021 in Prague. The film is scheduled to premiere at the beginning of 2023. Did you and David uh, really that intuition at the very beginning that this story is worth of filming? Well, it started off not as a film. So I think like the intention throughout the whole project had changed a lot. And I think that's what we are actually currently sort of trying to incorporate into the fabric of the narrative, how to sort of reflect those um, changes of perspective. And because like, as I mentioned, like it, it really started off as a collaborative art practice, a museum pedagogical sort of art therapeutical um, um, project um, when David studied at the University of Fine Art in, in Budapest. And that was his sort of like one of his first projects, which he followed all the way through to his um, diploma. And that's when I saw it, like uh, it was the end of year sure of his, um, of his um, faculty, where I came across the video installation of this film, which then, which since turned into a more of a sort of narrative um, piece. And what was the artistic project about at the very beginning? Well, I guess it was an experimentation with um, where artists or um, our students started like playing and hanging out with local kids from the neighborhood. So it had a completely different sort of approach, I guess. It was uh, also like a forming friendship like a documentation of a forming friendship between David and, and, and Shani. And then they both had like other team members or whatever, like Shani and, and his friends and David and his friends. So it was like, it was like a, a fusion of these two, two uh, like local um, kids hanging out um, on the streets of Budapest's ninth district. And then an art, art school kids trying to experiment and, and make some change, I guess. 
also I think it was a, a great part of it was skating, like streets, discovering streets and like, and plundering around the streets of Budapest, which David did for, uh, it was David's hobby. And like he has, you know, he was a skater since I think like age 10 or 12. And he had a, a habit of documenting his um, street um, adventures. And then that kind of sort of tied into this um, whole sort of new project, which kickstarted in 2011 and then transformed into what it is at the moment or now. When imagining the story of a street kid, we imagine sometimes kids from living really on the streets. But Shani, your main character, is not living on the street. He is uh, living with his family in the District 9 in, uh, in Budapest. What his life looks like? So I think like it's an unfortunate name, a decision on, on, on like it was a working title. The reasoning behind to use that was to make sure that people sort of like remember which story it was. Uh, well, like, you know, just to give it like a really sort of straightforward calling word, which made the um, industry people sort of like uh, link the dots and, and, and know that, you know, which story we're talking about to some extent they as you said like they don't live on the streets and especially not now but i think like uh because comes from a really small basically comes from housing poverty like the six of them used to share like 26 square meter flats in central budapest and the survival strategy of shani and his brother was to not to be at home but to like hang out on the streets and i think that that was the one of the starting points or starting like core initiative within this project and that's why we still kind of like see them or at least of those early days as like um as street loitering streets like fucking about on the streets and just like having fun as much as they could do it till the time they have to go home basically is it uh, an easy thing to be a kid living on a budapest street I guess like being on the street is um, has changed a lot. First of all, Budapest is, is less of a sort of like a, a lethal metropolis as like um, like London or New York, where if you don't have money, you know you can do fuck all. Uh, in in Budapest and I guess like in you know surrounding cities, there's a there's still a chance to to uh, like uh, float in the surface. Let's put it that way. You don't really need money to travel because the distances are not too big. You don't need, I mean, like you need money to sort of like get food, but you know, you figure out your own ways in a lot of sense. And you can still meet other kids there, right? Yeah. The thing is like, I come from a middle-class family. I, you know, my street, street loitering times were pretty safe and easy. Um, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Budapest and, you know, like I'm not a real expert on like, you know, what the rules are <laughs> um, currently. But I guess if you look at it from like a social fabric point of view, I think um, what's interesting in in um, Shani's case and, and the family's case that even though they come from this like housing poverty, they still live in a very fancy part of Budapest because of gentrification has changed the sort of the... the the central districts, but the the council housing system hasn't been sort of pushed out to the circles of the city yet. So there's this like contrast between the environment and and um, and like outer and like indoor and outdoor environment in that sense. Also, I think like like hanging out on the street in general, if we look at look at it from a sort of more philosophical 
point of view, like a sociological point of view, then it has changed a great deal because parents tend to allow their kids less and less free-flowing on the streets, just doing their own shit and just not being sort of monitored because of the threats and, and out of fear. You know, if you look at my mom's upbringing, who grew up in Fifth District, quite near to where Shani lives, you know, she was, you know, at that time she was all... Um, she was allowed to hang out on the streets with no question. She had to, like, you know, um, go home at 7 or 8 p.m. in the evening. Uh, and it's, it still does exist, that kind of um, sort of layout or, 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 or structure. But I think, like, less and less um, people are afraid of, I don't know, um, local hobos, druggies, um, who knows what. Like, it's... Um, People see the city less and less of a safe space, I guess, which is weird. Which is weird. And we've, I'm living in Prague and we've got the same situation here. If I want to leave my kids, you know, go alone, go by themselves on the street, uh, I can do that. But they would probably won't meet any friends there. So that's the problem. So this is it, I guess, in all other cities in Europe. Um mm. Tell us something more about Shani. Why did you choose him? And uh, what is happening during all those years you're following him? I guess something like it's a really, it would be a good question to ask David. I think it was a random, spontaneous decision, I guess. Or like it wasn't really a decision. It was serendipity. They found each other. Like David was like, um, he had freshly moved to Budapest. And he was like, I guess, discovering the city on, on, on skate. And, and skated around and um he just like suddenly noticed these three kids like hanging off the rail from a bridge in a pretty sort of risky sort of like um spot and he was like he took a picture an analog picture of them and i think that was the first documented like um point of contact and then the boy sort of like eventually sort of came down to the the square and then they would um, just like started started talking to them and then the same day they already invited him to their family home and there was like a really warm connection initiated by both the kids and 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 the kids family so it's it wasn't really a question it was like a an hospitable um environment which which invited David in and he found like a sort of like a second family there, I guess. True Story is a documentary podcast powered by the Institute of Documentary Film. You can find news from the world of film on all the common platforms such as iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify, as well as on docweb.net. I see that this is not a really typical relationship between filmmakers and characters because uh, usually filmmakers, when coming to a characters, uh, they need to or they do for any reasons keep some distance. But this is a completely different project. But even though it's this situation, did you ever have... Um, uh, some dilemma or uh, a feeling that you have to keep this distance as a filmmaker from the story, from your characters? I think I'm the wrong person to ask because all my films are based on like genuine curiosity, interest and friendship with no distance whatsoever. And I guess like it's a questionable thing 
from an ethical point of view, if you look at it from a strictly sort of professional direction. But on the other hand, that what comes naturally. So even if it's questionable, like it's authentic, at least. I think um, there's this big dilemma of like, what what do we, with a, with a sort of, with a, an art piece or with a product or whatever, with what what's more important there, sort of the, the artistic aesthetic or the, the ethic of the process? And I, I don't know that answer to this question, but I kind of see it in a way that the intention is genuine and uh, selfless, I guess like can be selfless in, in the law phase, but at least like, if the intention is not, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to put it like if there's good intention and like this genuine, again, genuine curiosity and interest, then I think the rest of the, the ethical sort of um, argument or question is not as important as the actual outcome and what, how, like how you phrase a question and what, what those, um, questions raise in the spectators or the audience members um, um, mind so maybe I'm a little bit unclear but generally I think like the dilemma is something uh, I think a, a, a lot about and uh, it's hard to pinpoint <laughs> I'm interested in this because I'm when I'm making films about my friends uh, and this is something I'm doing now uh, these days too um, always have to thing during filming if I'm looking at it as a filmmaker now so I'm really happy that the drama is happening that there is a, a conflict showing something bigger or if I'm ready to listen to my friends if they tell me listen we don't feel like this scene should be in the film because uh, this was too much uh, so that that that's where I was heading uh were you ever thinking like this, that if Shani uh, would come to you at the end and say, listen, I'm not sure that this should be in the movie, would you be ready to edit it out? Yeah, I guess I'd, I, I would. I think um, if it's a specific ask, then yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it's not like a, this movie, like any, no movie worth as much as a friendship, I don't think, uh, at the end of the day. So there was this really nice way someone put it, I can't remember, it was actually one of the ex-oriented tutors who's like, when you make a film about someone and then you show it to them, like we were talking about these kind of issues and you show it to them and they would tell their story in a completely different way. They wouldn't expect anything like the way how you've portrayed or sort of like depicted them. But then by seeing the the sort of this coherent structure and see the sort of development and the the concept and the that and the goodwill or whatever you're coming from, it might be shocking to see them in a completely different light. But at the end of the day, because because it's a, I think it's a sort of like a constantly evolving and ever changing sort of both the friendship and the and the film itself it's a constantly changing sort of thing by the time they watch it i think they tend to accept the problem is i'm not talking out of experience so i'm just this is all hypothetical i don't know yeah i mean like if shani watches it and doesn't like certain things we're gonna we're gonna change it if shani watches it and doesn't like the whole film that's problematic because you know we we're taking responsibility to finish something and it, you know, to, it, it, we, we need to sort of deliver something at the end of the day. So then it becomes a, a real 
problem. And then I guess like, then it becomes questionable. Are you being friends to make sure that at the end they accept the film? Are you keeping friends to make, you know, and then all these questions come into, into the equation. But the main point I think goes back to intention. Like if the intention is good and you generally want to sort of interested in that character, they should be okay. In our film, I think what needs to be included is our, um, the, the responsibility or the ethical, this very ethical question of the filmmakers, um, sort of like being part of a, 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 a someone growing up and perhaps time by time doing, making wrong decisions. Um, but I think like as long as we self-reflected towards that within the, the, the film, again, then, then it, is closer to truth, therefore it's it becomes something like lively, I guess. So it's a never-ending... Never-ending dilemmas. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you mentioned Ex Oriente workshop you attended uh, with your project. Do you sometimes think of if this was the right decision? Because once you throw your project among a lot of people and they have their ideas and their comments and their uh, advices, uh, it's going to be never in your hands only, you know what I mean? Uh, does it help or sometimes you have your question, like, uh, was it the right decision to to talk to so many people about my project? I think like Exoriente was a good decision. I don't think I would do another that kind of like intensive um, program. I do think that over pitching something kills motivation and can take away a lot of energy and trust, I guess, towards your own material. However, like, you know, programs like Ex Oriente or like other like Doc Incubator or other, I don't know, hundreds of other programs um, exist like these. I think getting involved in once in a film's lifetime, I guess, because of just um, even just, a, you know, if just looking at out of like really pragmatic sort of point of view, like just the amount of people we come across and like the network which um, you guys like have provided to us really really have to sort of like um, to, 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 to bring this film into existence it's not done yet in brackets but I think like now it's uh, it's on the right track so yeah it's an industry as well so you have to be a little bit critical towards it it is an industry people pay to get involved in these programs and sometimes it's it's just a waste of money sometimes it doesn't work really i guess like you know the end of the day it's it's a similar experience what i kind of currently have in in um, studying um in the university that you know the, the amount of energy and effort i invest into it is the amount i can take out so you know as long as you dedicate some time and preparation for it then then it could help. So you said that the film is not finished yet. What do you need to finish the movie? What's uh, in front of you? So Shani is um, in, um, there's an ongoing um, court case where Shani is involved. And I think we, no, I think we need to wait till that sort of like settles. And uh, Shani is in the final stage of like getting into the proper, proper adulthood. So we are planning to sort of um, release the film uh 2023 i think that's the current plan and uh, there is a i think we're given we're given a last um, round of like major efforts to maximize the story's potential and do some more shoots in the next coming 
months, like another like six months, and then we jump onto the, the post-production. Well, we are talking to each other now in June 2021, a year after this uh, crazy pandemic times. Um, how did these times influence you as an artist, as a filmmaker? I think, like, I guess, like, I was really lucky because that was the longest time of editing ever in my life. I edited like continuously, nearly continuously, 16 months because we started the... Um, there's like three projects we I, I edited it in throughout this time, and one of them was was um, the sort of preparatory sort of editing um, for the for this for this film, Johnny film. So yeah, basically I was pretty much all day every day in like dark rooms, having fun with friends. So you know I was in again in a really safe space, both financially and mentally. So I didn't really have it stored on me yet but i think it's coming <laughs> no let's hope it stays like this valen thank you very much for uh, your time thank, thank you very much for the interview and good luck with your great project kicks thank you very much thank you cheers guys bye this was valen treves thank you for listening to true story a podcast powered by the institute of documentary film in prague we will be back with you soon 